Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. I stumbled upon a most amazing phenomenon. Something so incredible, I mistrust my own judgment. Look. Dracula. The very mention of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. Rats, rats, thousands, millions of them. But no, this is no dream. This is Dracula, the original terrifying story of a maniac and a man who lived after death, lived on human blood, took the form of a vampire bat and lured innocent girls to a fate truly worse than death. Dracula? Oh, what, what's he done to you, dearie? Tell me. He came to me. He opened a thing in his arms. And he made me drink. Alright guys, welcome to the Universal Monsters So scary <laughs> Debut um, Where we'll be uh, talking about the Universal Monsters um, This will be our first episode And um, just, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Universal Monsters real quick um, They were basically monster movies from the 1920s to 1950s Yeah um, we just looked it up. There is some really, really obscure ones that even I've never the even heard of. The list was way longer than we thought. Right. So, um, but here's some of the ones you can expect to, to see if you look them up. And most of you have probably seen these. Um, you have Dracula. You got Frankenstein. You got the Wolfman. You got the Mummy. The Invisible Man. Uh, the Phantom of the Opera. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. 
The Creature from the Black Lagoon, Bride of Frankenstein, Werewolf of London, The Tower of London, and there's a whole slew more of Dracula movies like yeah. Dracula's Daughter, Dracula's yeah, Son, whatever, right, uh, The Hand of the Mummy. Um, there's a bunch. There's also like Murder at the uh, Rue Mor- or Morgue or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a, The Raven. Rue there's Morgue. some. Yeah. There's some Edgar Allan Poe in there, which I didn't know they were considered part of the Universal Monsters, but according right. to the list, they are. Um, but one thing you're going to notice is that some of these monster movies set the pace for future horror films. Absolutely. And has some of the greatest horror icon actors of all time. You have Bela Lugosi. You got Boris Karloff. You got Lon Chaney, his son Lon Chaney Jr. I mean, the list goes on. Oh, yeah. And uh, one thing that's notable and the reason why there's so many movies that uh, cover this whole blanket span of uh, classic Universal Monsters because... Literally, all it is is a sort of horror, like, monster movie that Universal made between the 1930s right. to the 1950s. Um, or, I'm sorry, 1920s to the 1950s. So, whatever movies they made that encapsulated that category basically falls in Universal Classic Monsters. Now, the ones we named are the ones that people usually think of. Associated when, with them, uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, that's only, there's only, like, a handful of movies that people actually associate with the... Universal classic monsters. Right. So, so we're gonna we're gonna pick out several of these and do the probably the more famous ones. Um, Terrence actually watched two of them so far, so <laughs> that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, but before we get any further, there's also we wanted to tell you that back in this time of shooting, especially I think Terrence says it started in the 1920s and went all the way to the ni- like 1968. There was a special code that had to be used in movies because we were talking, and I told him, I was like, I liked about them is they got in, they told the story, they got out. And they didn't show any blood, violence. I mean, some violence, but I mean, as like, much as the special, could. you know. Yeah. yeah. So what, what it is is uh, it was called the Hayes Code. Uh, the Hayes Code was basically uh, when cinema first came out, it was kind of like it was a little bit of lawless land, but everybody kind of treaded carefully about you know what they produced and everything. And then um, I forgot which movie. There was a movie that came out that sort of uh, illuminated the fact that hey, maybe we need some rules. Uh, so they came. <laughs> they, they came out with some rules, and um, some of them are as follows. Uh, and I can just name off a couple. One was crime and uh, immorality could never be portrayed in a positive light. Uh, they basically had to get punished, get some kind of retribution before the end of the movie. Now I wonder how that worked with uh, the old Robin Hood. Because he was stealing. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. When when did the what, like 1931 somewhere in there? Yeah, so maybe it might have been before. It, that. it might have been 1920. The, the code was from 1930 to 19. What did I say? 60. 68. Uh, something like that. Uh, but it wasn't. It was loosely enforced from 1930 to like 1934. 1934 is when they really cracked down, and from 1934 to like 1960 is when they were like. You got to follow these rules, um, and you know one of the rules is uh, what I just mentioned. Another rule is uh, films could only present uh, correct standards of life uh, unless the plot called for something else. Um, one of them was the law had to be respected and upheld. Um, obviously, there's a profanity uh, thing, and you couldn't show like certain violence on camera. And that's more or less what we were talking about with Dracula. Is uh, and why they did a lot of cuts, and you'll notice this in a lot of older movies too, uh, particularly like with gun violence. You only see someone pull the gun. Sometimes you don't even hear the uh, the sound of the gun, right? Yeah, exactly. You'll just the next scene will be something else, and then it'll cut back because you can never show a gun and then show someone dead. You had to show. 
the gun, you can hit, you can show the sound, but you had to put something in between. So it would show the gun like bang, and then someone would be talking about it, and then it would cut back to like a body. But it's like it's like this movie Dracula. We're giving each other. Dracula yeah. was the first but one Dracula we talked about because that. we feel that he's probably the one that uh, embodies the universal monster the best. Yeah, uh, and he's probably the most famous. And so you see him always like ah, but, but you never actually. You'll see, see him, him like leaning in to yeah. bite the neck, or you know, and then you'll see like the person laid out on the ground. You don't, yep. you know, waking up or what, or or if they're dead. Like when he first arrives in London or whatever, you know, he sees that girl out by the lamp pole. Yep, you exactly. Know, you, see, you see him lean in, and the next thing you hear is a scream, and the police guy's over there, and she's laying on the ground. Yep. <laughs> so you exactly. don't, you can imply what happened, but you never see it, which I think holds more value to the movie. It, it makes it interesting. Well, I think in classic horror movies in general, uh, that was one of the big things that uh, I've always liked about editing, whether they had to follow the code or not, uh, and that would be... Those, those cuts where you don't actually see what's going on, it's kind of left up to your imagination. And at the same time, uh, the whole fear factor of, of horror and the primal thing about fear is fear of the unknown, right? If you don't know what's going on, you're like, oh, man, your imagination runs wild. It could be anything, right? And then you just fill in the blanks and you scare yourself. Well, that's, genius, that, right? that was why when they did um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's yep. why it was such a massive hit because – there, you know, you see some stuff in there, but there's some stuff in there you don't see, and it just scared people so bad. Yep. But also, um, come to find out that they cut a lot of scenes from these movies because due to t- uh, timing restrictions, shooting restrictions, they cut some of the stuff out. So sometimes when you watch some of these older monster movies, it kind of feels like they jumped around like you missed something. Well, you did. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and there's no no film reels or deleted scenes that you can go back and look at. But exactly. it still tells the story and gets the job done. So, with that being said, we're going to jump into the first episode of the Universal Monsters, and we will be talking about Dracula. <laughs> Terrence. Not the count. Take it away. <laughs> Dracula, release date, February 14th, 1931. <laughs> hey, honey, for Valentine's Day, let's go watch Dracula. Nothing says I love you like <laughs> I know, right? That is an interesting release date. Uh, budget is... Three hundred and fifty-five thousand, uh, if you count inflation, six million dollars. Uh, cumulative worldwide gross. This is what it made. It only made eighty-seven point seven thousand, which is one point four million. So, so it did not. Can you say a flop? Yeah, it did not do well at all. In fact, it cost them a lot of money uh, that they never got back. But let's go ahead and throw this in here. Um, what people may not realize is, at the same time that this was being filmed. They were also filming the Spanish version of Dracula, and they used the same sets and uh, shot on the same nights. This, you know, so they saved money there. But I, we'd have to look in to see how much that one made. You exactly. Know. Yeah. So uh, this was directed by Todd Browning. Uh, writing credits. So so many people had their hands in writing this. Uh, a lot of them uncredited. Uh, handful credited. Right. Uh, so. Carl Fund was writing credits, uncredited. Uh, Bram Stoker, the one who wrote the book. Uh, then we have the ones who wrote the adapted um, plays. And that would be Hamilton, Deanne, and John L. Balderston. Then we have someone else who was, had their hand in the play. That's uh, Garrett Frutfort. Uh, Louis Broomfield was a contributing writer, uncredited. So was Todd Browning. Uh, Max Cohen, Dooley Murphy, 
was the additional dialogue uh, and Lewis Stevens, contributing writer. So a lot of people. A lot of people. Most of them uncredited. Uh, With the exception of, I think on this list, only two people were actually, no, four people were actually credited. Uh, Everybody else was uncredited, which is interesting, right? Uh, so jumping into the technical specs of this, uh, runtime, an hour and 15 minutes. So it's a quick little watch. Uh, you can you can squeeze it in real quick. Um, I like that it's short and sweet. Uh, gets Like you were saying, it just gets to the point, tells a story it needs to tell, and then it's over. Uh, sound mix, mono, western electric sound system. Uh, color, black and white, tinted. Aspect ratio, 1.20 by 1 original release. And 1.37 by 1 Universal Studios Laboratory. USA, film length, nine reels. That's the smallest reel we've <laughs> probably seen, right? Uh, negative format, 35 millimeter. Uh, cinematographic process, spherical. Uh, printed film format, 35 millimeters. And what I like about these movies is they're really short. You can enjoy them in real fast. You know, yeah. Most of them are just a little over an hour. You just squeeze them in real quick. Yeah. It, it, it was super easy to, for me to fit in my busy schedule. I was just like, all right, let me just watch this real quick. <laughs> um, so off to the awards. Uh, this one I'm going to blank it in all together. Um, these are just for various collections of Universal Monsters or Dracula Collection. Uh, but this is the same uh, uh, award group, which is Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films USA. So they won in 2018. They were nominated in 2015. They won in 2013. And they were nominated in 2005. Uh, then we move on to the National Film Preservation Board. In 2000, they won for the National Film Registry. Uh, Online Film and Television Association, 2018, they won the OFTA Hall of Fame, uh, the motion picture. Uh, Rondo Classic Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Awards. Uh, this is my first time hearing about these awards. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, more horror movie buffs uh, that know more than I might have heard of this particular awards. Uh, that was back in 2006. Uh, winner for the Rondo uh, Sedoid. Hmm. Best Restoration. Uh, so, yeah, watching the um, the DVD cut of this, um, it was pretty clear. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see any sort of uh, bad quality, I guess. It was a very nice, clear movie. So, Best Restoration, I can see that. Uh, and then Satellite Awards, 2008, nominated for Satellite Award. Best classic DVD, 75th anniversary edition. 75 years, man. <laughs> it's good. Oh, yeah. And no, I mean, uh, it, I feel like it's it falls on, and a lot of the Universal Classic Monsters do fall into the cult classic category, I believe. Um, just because looking at the numbers and some of them we couldn't access for just a lot of these, but uh, they didn't all do so great. But... But Everybody think, loves them now. But I think over time, like yeah. it's probably made a lot of money over the time, oh, yeah, I would say. Of course. Um, now into the synopsis. The story of Count Dracula <laughs> and his servant, Reinfield, as they make their way from Transylvania to London, where Dracula seduces Mina. Van Helsing, along with Mina's fiance, Jonathan Hacker, try Parker, and Parker. Parker, yeah. Try and track try to track down Dracula and stop him before his reign of terror can begin. Will they succeed in their mission, or will Count Dracula prove to be a pain in their neck? <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> uh, uh. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the cast real quick. Um, and I'm going to uh, tell you any interesting facts about the characters as we're going through this. Gotcha. That way save some time. Uh, <clears throat> Bella Lugosi, phenomenal. 
best Dracula that I think that I've ever seen. Uh, played Count Dracula. Um, some people that wanted to be or uh, was considered was John Ray, Paul Mooney, uh, Chester Morris, and William Court- Courtney. But also Conrad Veidt, who was also in Casablanca and played Major Storson. Uh, you had Helen Chandler as Mina Seward. Now, she thought that this was her big-time movie. She thought that, hey, I'm going to be famous and all this. Really? But guess what? She died, <laughs> and I don't even remember. You know what I mean? Um, but somebody here, you'll find out in several of these movies, guess who Helen Chandler was going to uh, was supposed to be, or Mina Seward was supposed to be played, or asked to be played, Betty Davis. Really? Can you, I mean, boy, that would have been creepy. Uh, David Manners played Jonathan Harker. Uh, Dwight Fry, which I think stole the show too, was Renfield. Oh, I mean, yeah. He was just creepy and good. Um, he also plays uh, Fritz, which yeah. is technically Igor for those uh, in the in the which the next movie we do is Frankenstein. But he plays Fritz. Um, but he was typecasted to maniacal roles and I mean, roles of so criminals for the rest Dracula. of his career. Like that, that face that, that he had with that and, smile, and that like laugh. that. Just, you remember when, like, they open oh, up the yeah. ship and he's like, <laughs> you know? just that, like, when they when they leave the camera, just hanging for a little bit too long, he's just like staring and smiling at it. Yeah. Oh man, so yeah. creepy. Uh, then also Edward von Van Sloan as Van Helsing. Um, he's also plays a doctor in Frankenstein, not Doctor Frankenstein, but uh, I think it's Doctor Wadsworth or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you had Herbert Bunston as Dr. Seward, uh, Francis uh, Dade as Lucy Weston, John Stand- or Joan Standing as Nurse Briggs. Um, she is, it's an error in the opening credits. She's actually mis- misidentified as a maid. Uh, Charles K. Gerard as Martin Renfield's attendant. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> the one thing where they're like... Uh, they're all crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> yes. like, sometimes she, I even I think, wonder about you. I think you're crazy. <laughs> like, he's like, why, thank you. <laughs> I was like, the two out there were funny. Uh, then they have some uncredited roles. Uh, the film producer and director, Todd Browning, was uh, the off-screen voice of the Harbor Master. Uh, Carla Lamille, a cousin of the film's producer, Carl Lamille Jr., and a niece of Universal Studios founder, Carl Lamille, at the start of the film as the woman in the coach carrying Renfield. Um... Also, to find out that uh, she was the last surviving, I do believe she was the last surviving cast member, and she was uh, on June 12th, 2014. Oh, wow. At the age of 104. Yeah. Carla Lemmy was the last surviving cast member of the film. Um, then there was also Geraldine DeVork, Cornelia Thaw, and Dorothy Tree as Dracula's wives. So... Uh, that's the cast. Um, now, a little bit of things before we jump into, like, what we'll kind of walk through the movie is uh, this is one of the 1001 movies before you die. Yep. Obviously. Most of these Universal Monster movies we talk about are. Yeah. It was on Roger Zebert's movie list, which that's a credit all to itself. Exactly, yeah. Um, it was originally going to be a, a bigger movie uh, and based more on the book. This is basically based on the play. Yeah. Um, they actually wanted uh, Lon Chaney to play this role, but um, he couldn't He couldn't do it for some reason. Oh, I think he died. <laughs> that oh, might be okay. why. Uh, so the first person that they wanted to play was Ian uh, Kella or whatever, but he, he couldn't because he had some film going on at the same time. Um, this was the sixth most popular film in the U.S. in 1931. Hmm. And uh, just... The way this was shot, the lighting and the shadows. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, we'll talk about you know like Dracula. I played a lot with uh, the light, and it, I think that it paid off. It was fun. Uh, the the Universal uh, film rights they got from Stroker's Widow and the playwriter for forty thousand dollars. Which <laughs> yeah. Um, also, um, I am Legend. Uh, the idea was conceived after watching this because instead of just scared of one Dracula, what if the whole world was Dracula's and you were fighting for your life? Huh. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. Um, now let, let's talk about Dracula for a second. Yeah. Just, just Dracula. Number one, his voice. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, and, and the, the, his entrances, you know, right? like we were talking about, you'll see a bat flying. And the camera pans over to like the girl in the bed, and you turn back, and he's standing there. And, there, he there. and yeah. you're like, "Man, you know, they didn't have to show the poof and show him transforming all that, but it just, just pan away, pan back. There he is." And also, we talked about this already, me and you did, but his eyes. Oh yeah. Um, and how they achieved that was uh, the effect of Dracula's hypnotic stare was by aiming two pencil uh, spotlights into the actor's eyes. I was surprised he was able to keep his eyes open. He never blinks this entire movie. Yeah. Always Ever. Up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and you always notice he's got that scowl look on his face, but one eye is always just a little bit bigger than the other two, and he's like this. <laughs> and you're like, well, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, if I got that stare from my dad, <laughs> you'd be like, uh-oh. Um, so we, we're going to go in uh, one thing. The guy that played uh, Harker, uh, John Harker, Yeah, he said that, Nobody took their role seriously for this film. He said it was like one of the most unsupervised, unplanned productions that he's ever seen. He's like, the only one that took their role seriously was uh, Bella Lugosi. So he'd be walking up and down the set going with his cape going, I am Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey. That's great. Got to get in the character. The Dracula's castle was actually a painting on the glass in front of the camera. The coach traveling along the road at the beginning was real, but the background was not. So it was really weird that they painted it yeah. on the actual uh, camera lens. Uh, so here we go. So you start off with this buggy going. You don't know what's happening. They know they're talking about blah, blah, blah. And they get to this little village. And you're like. Oh, yeah. Just this little like hamlet in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're all, you know, they're all forward. And, and Rimfield gets off the carriage. And he's like. Um, uh, I need to get going. The guy's yeah, like, like don't, get don't, ready don't my baggage. He's like, no, no. He's like, I'm, Keep I'm it going on there. to some some fairy, and I'm going to Castle Dracula. And the Dracula? Yeah, right? <laughs> and the one lady's like, oh, Father forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they all, oh, Mr. Well, please, uh, we beg you. Uh, let's yeah, don't let's go, go, don't go in the morning. Wait till the morning. He's like, no. It's like, I'm meeting some, the, somebody like the, there. The, the carriage is meeting me the, uh, at, at, at night. Right. Or, or like at midnight or whatever. Uh, so I have to be there. <laughs> so you see the carriage take off? And you know, here's the guy just going, and you see the you see Dracula sitting in the carriage waiting, and you see this carriage roll up. He just oh, throws yeah. the bags off. Like as soon as he gets on off the carriage, he just tosses his bags off and just keeps on going. He want he wanted none of that. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, Are you here to take me to Dracula's castle? He's like, you know, he just nods. He doesn't say anything, and you can't. He doesn't know it's Dracula, and you won't know it's Dracula. But he's got that yeah. little you know scarf pulled over his head or whatever. Yeah. And so he takes his bags, he puts them in the front seat, then he gets in the carriage, you know, he's running, oh, you know, he's going pretty fast. And uh, Rimfield looks out the, <laughs> the window and he's like, driver, driver. And there's no driver. Now oh, you got the yeah, bat yeah. leading the two the bat. horses. I was like, <laughs> really? That, that was silly. Uh, yeah. Because as soon as I saw that, I'm like, really? They have him in bat form leading the carriage. <laughs> right. So uh, they get they get to the uh, castle and um, 
the, the horse stop and uh, Brenfield gets off and his luggage is gone, obviously. And yeah. He goes to the door, you know, knocks on the door. And then here you see Count Dracula, man. Wow. I mean, he just looks... I don't know the word I want to. Awesome. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Scary. I mean, yeah. No. It's he, he portrays the he looked distinguished, part very well. distinguishedly scared. Scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he looks like a gentleman that would kill you. <laughs> Not a yeah, maniac exactly. that would kill you. Like Redfield. I mean, it, it, yeah. It's, it's like you're saying he, he looks like uh, a man who commands respect, but at the same time fear. So it's like, look, right. Yeah, so uh, and he portrays that very well on how he looks. Uh, so costuming did a great job, makeup did a great job, and his portrayal topped it all off. Right. So the uh, the whole reason Riffield's come and you come to find out they go to this which was weird, they go to the bedroom, there's like a table and a fireplace yeah. and all that, you know. And uh, he's like I I see hope you have all the paperwork. We go to London. I've chartered this boat tomorrow. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, we got it, you know. I just need you to sign some of these papers, and uh, so Dracula goes to put, you know, put some of the back. Like, he did, oh, goes pours wine or whatever, yeah. and he brings. He's like, you're not going to drink. He's, he's like, like, I don't I, drink wine. I don't drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh. so Renfield's drinking, you know, and then uh, he's going through his paper and he gets a paper cut. And yeah, blood and on his finger. And Dracula, the Dracula's finger. way, way far away at this point. And all of a sudden, you he see him turn. He's like, ah. you know, he's like, oh no. And he just comes close. And he comes, and he's just comes, staring at it. And then you see Ripfield like, oh. he's like, oh, it's only a little cut. <laughs> he's sucking on his finger. And I was like, oh man, uh, because uh, he comes closer. And the reason he stops is that crucifix. Remember the lady in the village came. Please, if you're going, yeah. take this crucifix. She puts it around his she, neck. She, what, what, I think the exact quote was. Uh, uh, please take this for your mother. Right. And so when it falls out, he's like, ah, and he covers the thing. He's like, uh, oh, it's only a little bite, you know. Uh, so he's like, well, will you need anything else? You know, I hope you find this accommodating. Yeah. So what I think is like, interesting is that the uh, the crucifix doesn't work unless they see it. Right. Cause so like, it's it doesn't work as a proximity thing. It's not like, oh, I feel the crucifix. It's like they have to see the crucifix for it to be effective. Right. Because. Um, that's something I never understood because when um, so Dracula is basically and Renfield goes over to the window and he you see fog outside and he yeah. opens, he unlatches the window because he's getting hot and it's because the wine was drugged or whatever yeah and he opens it up you know and then he passes out and then um, you see Dra- from behind him this door and here comes the three Dracula's wives and uh, then you see the bat and then you see yeah. Dracula just walk in with an entrance like none other you know and the fog rolling in it's just beautiful but that was one thing because Jim Drake is like, get away. You know, he just puts his hand up until yeah. he's like, step back. You know, he's mine or whatever. And, you know, they start shutting back. And uh, if you notice, if you watch it as they're backing up, one of the wives steps on either her own dress or another dress and she kind of falls into <laughs> another one. So that was a little thing. Um, but that's something I didn't understand. Like, if he had that crucifix on and Dracula, because you see Dracula starting to bend down to bite his neck. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, you would think. He, right. he wouldn't be able to do it. You know what I mean? But uh, that's, I don't that's know. one it's, of the myths, um, you know. I feel like that's just in general as far as uh, the supernatural goes, uh, you know, poltergeist and whatnot. You, you, you'll you always notice that, like, a crucifix is never effective unless they're holding it out to whatever they're, uh, you know, trying to repel. And sometimes it has to be in tandem with prayer, right? Right, because sometimes, uh, like, I think, was it the exorcist where the crucifixes were, like, turning upside down? Yeah, and exactly. Off? So the, the crucifix isn't effective unless you're wielding it. And nine times out of ten, uh, this one is just you just have to wield see, it. Right. Uh, but you know, in later horror movies, you'll see that uh, unless it's combined with prayer, uh, sometimes it has to be in Latin uh, to even be effective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I, I think that's uh, that was interesting. Um, and how they go full blown, sort of the original lore of like vampires. So you know, Wolfsbane very effective, uh, Crucifix very effective, and the fact that they take a form of both a bat sunlight and a wolf. is still very effective too. Right? Yes, that is something which else. is something I didn't even know about. Right, and uh, and you don't see. I don't think you see that in any well, other. Well, because they movies. separated them, or they separated that into its own thing. It's like okay, if it's a wolf, that's a werewolf. Right, like, it's not. A vampire turning into a wolf—that was never a thing. But, but uh, at least find not that out. I knew of. Well, you'll find out in the Wolfman. I, I was starting to do the notes for it last night. Yeah, that um, it's actually a does it like lichen lichen lycanthropy something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is werewolfism. Um, it's actually transferred from the blood from a bite of a, a werewolf, yep. which is the exact same thing that exactly. Dracula turns you into a vampire. So I was like, man, that's pretty crazy. So they operate. Similar. So what if you had a werewolf vampire? So and that's how the the series the underworld came about. So so as Dracula so as Dracula leans down, you know it fades to black. You don't see anything. And and we were talking earlier that um, there was a memo. uh, Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, Here it is. well, here's one thing that I need to throw in there. Several famous elements often associated with Dracula are not visible in this film. At no point does Dracula display his fangs. And also, no vampire bite marks on the neck are never shown. Although you can see it in the Spanish version. Um, the um, what was I going to say? Uh, the um, what was I going to say there? But oh, the spider webs in Dracula's cra- uh, castle were created by shooting rubber cement from a rotary gun. <laughs> I can't find it right now, but um, there was a memo. It's written in here somewhere. Um, I'll have to take a picture and put this on Facebook of my notes. It's just really crazy. Um, <laughs> well, here it is. The studio didn't want the scene of Dracula attacking Redfield perceived um, as a gay sub- subtext. So a memo was sent out that said, Dracula only attacks women. I was Which like... is silly. I was like, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care as long as there's blood. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? So... Next thing you see, there, there you see this big storm, and you see this boat on the water, and that boat is actually, uh, and the captain and all them on there, is actually uh, borrowed from the movie from 1925, The Stormbreaker. Hmm. Um, it's it's it was a Universal Asylum film, um, so they were that's why it looks a little wonky because the frames per second speed from later adopted sound films is a little jerky, you know, and more quicker than normal action. Yeah, I actually noticed the the speed up of, like, the scenes and everything. Right, and if you notice, there's that one scene that looks like you're looking through a spyglass, and that little fake boat just (laughs) out like, in the bathtub. Yeah, I was like, what? (laughs) That's that's the thing about this movie, is a lot of the backdrops are paintings, Mm -hmm. uh, but it works. I I have no problem with it. It I mean, that that was the special effects of, you know, the 1930s. It works, yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. So basically, um, you see Renfield Master, where you know the sun is oh, yeah. down, and you see Dracula's hand just come out of the ca- coffin. You're like, oh, things are about to go bad. So then you just see him step up onto the deck. You know, he just yeah. standing there and just like, oh. everybody's like shaking. Look at everything. the buffet. Like, <laughs> He's like about to feast right? for days. Uh, so you don't see anything. You just it goes. You, fades out or whatever and then the next thing you see is you see um, people just talking and then it's, they come up and show, they show the captain and he's tied to the will yeah and I was like why is he tied to the will you know what I mean? <laughs> and then uh, now I don't know if he did that to have food later on during the trip if they got you yeah. know what I mean um, I think maybe it might have been uh, for onlookers to maybe so things look normal like if you're just kind of like see him in the distance, tied to the wheel. How is that normal? 
<laughs> well, you wouldn't notice they were tied to the wheel unless they got closer. And how would he just drift into the harbor that he landed in? You know what I mean? Uh, so many so basically, the, the guys the guys comes onto the ship, right? And they open the door, and there's Redfield down there going, ah! You know, it's just, oh, right. it's just, he's crazy. You know, he's crazy. And he's like, Master, we're here. Or so... They take Renfield away, allegedly, that's what you assume, and then yeah. next, next thing you see is at nighttime, and um, all these people are talking, and you see that lady standing by the light pole, and yeah. here you see Dracula, man, just, just hypnotizing her on in. Yeah, I mean, he, just, <laughs> he, just, he just looks at her, you know, and, and she's like, oh, he leans in, it goes black, and he hears the scream, which is weird, because you hear the scream, and the policeman's right there, like, yeah. you think you would have seen something, <laughs> and is this where he, wearing his top hat? No, he wasn't wearing a top hat. I mean, do you remember when Dracula wears the top hat in this movie? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, I think it's when he goes to the movies. It, it or is. the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought Dracula in a top hat. This is great. So, now after this, um, let's see. Renfield's crazy. Uh, there's the newspaper uh, editorial that says, hey, this guy that was on this ship, the sole survivor, he's eating ants and Bat, uh, small animals and oh, yeah, flies yeah. and everything. So things. yeah. So next you see is uh, <clears throat> Doctor Seward Sanatorium, uh, and that's where you know these even fields locked up yeah. in there. And so it's actually, so it's, it's interesting um, based on the fact that he's like eating small things. Uh, I wonder if this is part of like old vampire lore or not. But that's uh, you know vampires would create ghouls uh, to do their bidding. So like basically. They're like a quarter vampire, so they can still be in the daylight and stuff. But they right, I think, I think so. I think Greenfield right. was a ghoul, um, but they, obviously they never came out and said it. So uh, I was just curious because there's a lot of things that I didn't know. Like vampires have to be sleep in the earth that they're from, or that they were buried in. So he carries around dirt from Transylvania, so he can sleep. Uh, so I didn't. I had no idea about that. Huh. Um, so I don't. I don't know if ghouls are part of the old lure of vampires or not uh, but I feel Van, uh, Reinfeld was very I, much a ghoul because he, I got it, a feeling I need to read Bram Stoker's Dracula the book yeah uh, because this is loosely based on the best more of the play so I'm not really sure exactly which way that goes but the next thing you see is you see Dracula walking in a top hat I was like oh yeah look at this guy <laughs> got his chill on uh, so, and then he, he ends up going to this movie, um, and in this box uh, seat, you have you meet Mina Harker, Jonathan Harker. Um, you meet, uh, I think that's where Dr. Seward is, and Dr. Seward's wife is Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. Was Elizabeth, was that his wife? Yeah. I think, let's see, oh, no, Lucy. No, it wasn't even his wife, was it? It was Lucy Weston. Uh, so they're all up there, and, uh, you know, Dracula comes in, and he just walks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> walks up the box. And he sees that maid. He's like, like he owns the place. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you will say this, and you will remember nothing. You know what I mean? And that's something. Yeah. That's something that I never really, you know, that that was perceived in this movie that you don't really think about is his power of hypnotism. Yep. And you don't know if he's hypnotized Renfield or if he's changed him. You know, as that's far true. as made him a ghoul, he could have just had him under such a powerful hypnotic spell. And what I didn't understand is if that was true, then why would he have to poison him with the wine? Why couldn't he have just hypnotize him? Uh, I think that falls into the the theory of I think he turned him into a ghoul, right? Uh, because you do see him <clears throat> hypnotize other people that eventually become his victims, uh, and then you know this is jumping a little bit forward, but you know when he attempts to hypnotize right. Van Helsing, uh, but then it doesn't work. And he's like, "Your will is really strong." I love that scene, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
And so, I, I, this is actually the my first time seeing this portrayal of Van Helsing as more of like a uh, a scholarly type and not like a like a awesome like hunter dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So um, after the, after this scene, you know where um, Dracula introduces himself to them all. Blah blah blah. Uh, the next thing you see, you see the ladies talking and like. Oh the girl's yeah, yeah. Like, hey, what about that Dracula guy? You know, they're just everybody's like, he's super creepy, and then she's like, he seems interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the silent type, you know. Uh, so then you see Dracula walking, and then you see the bat at the window, you know, and you're like, oh, no. right. So then you know he unhooks the, oh, well, you assume he unhooks the latch, and uh, Dracula then attacks uh, Lucy. Yep. And uh, he doesn't show anything. You see me with his yep. little little claw looks just, like, coming, in, just like, coming in and then it goes black. Um and then um you see um at the sanatorium, you're like, Hey, this is another victim. Yeah. The bite marks on the neck. Um now did they ever find was that Lucy laying there? Did, see this is the part that this is I Ooh, I think uh, we're I think we're missing some scenes with Lucy here because she is the woman in white at the end. Yeah. So I don't know if she was in the there and then got up and rose because he doesn't really tell they, you. They kind of mention it where um, she's like, "Yeah, I saw Lucy." Mina in a scene. Mina was talking about how she saw Lucy, but then she's like, "But then I remembered Lucy's dead." Right. Uh, so, but I didn't know if that body that was laying there that they were looking at in the morgue or in was the classroom Lucy not, okay, was Lucy because yeah, yeah. Uh, it was covered up with a sheet. Exactly. So you, uh, you don't they know. did confirm that she was dead. She was dead later on and she did see her and she is the lady in white. Right. Uh, which we'll get to. So um, now you have Renfield at the asylum said, oh, he stepped up his game. He's now eating spiders. <laughs> you know, yeah. With, Big spiders. And, I, and uh, Van Helsing's like, hey, you know, I took some of his blood. Remember? Yep. And he's like, it's got some weird stuff in it yeah uh, uh which i think further it was the blood the of vampires of he said yeah. yeah he said it was the blood of vampires i think is what he said um and then uh this is where renfield howls at the wolf yeah you know what i mean and that's something else that's another thing remember when i don't know if, i don't know if it's a scene or if it's a little bit later when renfield i know it's later on we'll get to it but yeah. remember when he's like i didn't tell him anything you know, he just it, master. He's, I didn't tell them anything. He's talking master. to him like far away. You know, yeah. like tell 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 uh, Mina does the same later in the movie too, right? Uh, and then uh, that's when Renfield tells you know too much to live, Van Helsing. Yeah, you know what I mean, that was like this guy. That uh, and that's when he pulls out the wolf's bane, and yep. that's when he goes ah, you know. So that works on G. Stephen Ghouls, if you will. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's when. Uh, Dracula was uh, mind whatever with Renfield. Um, so uh, now uh, they attack. Uh, Dracula attacks Mina, which is interesting because he doesn't kill her. Yep. He kind of like seduces her, like bites her, like Renfield. I'm assuming yeah. because it's never said. Uh, she, I, I believe this part of the the slow transformation because uh, later on they confirm that they found uh, his blood in her. Right. And then that's when they were like... Uh, and remember, she has that scarf on. Yeah. And there's seven times like, Mina, what happened? You know, and, and then... <laughs> there's the... This was this is one of the best lights of the movies. They go... Because it's... I think it's Van Helsing and him and maybe even Dr. Seward are on there. And he's like, 
they go, what could have caused these marks? And then you go, Count Dracula. You know, <laughs> just entered into the room. Yeah. But I think it was somebody announcing his arrival. You know, yeah. and I thought that that was pretty cool that the two of two went together. Uh, so the um, this is where Mina turns in for the night. You know, Dracula's like, oh, I think you need to go rest. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, well, we'll talk again, whatever. So then you go and... Uh, she opens the window before right. she goes to sleep. And I, well, but before that, uh, no, I don't even think it's her that does it. It was her. Yeah, she opened the no, window. No, no, no. It was no. the maid. This is when she gets attacked. Wasn't the maid where uh, the maid goes and looks out the window and Dracula's standing down there and then she goes and gets the key? That was later. Was that later? That was later. So the first oh, time. Oh, that might be when they the go The very out. first time uh, before she, the first time she gets bitten, she opens it on her own. Um, and she's just getting fresh air. Uh, you see her open the window. Because I remember thinking when I saw that, I was like, who opens the window before they go to sleep? Because, like, I don't want bugs, like, flying all around and everything. I would keep it closed. Uh, so the second time, it's later on, or actually the last time he visits her, that he hypnotizes the maid. And then she comes and oh, the, the door. Okay. And then later on, they're like, she's gone. Um, and then you find out he's taken her. So so this is this is a crucial part of the moment too when Van Helsing actually realizes he's dealing with oh yeah a when vampire, they open what was it the uh, cigar, cigar box the cigar box and, and then he, when Dracula's telling Mina to go to bed because he opens the cigar box to give Harker whoever a yeah. cigar and he looks down and you don't and he see, realizes he doesn't you see, see Mina and you see the, there's no reflection of Dracula which I thought was really well done yeah and he's like you know and so everybody else leaves and. Uh, and Helsing's like, hey, uh, can I have a moment with you, Dracula? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, sure. And he says, I found something very interesting here a few minutes ago. He's like, look at this. And he opens it up, and Dracula's like, ah, and he slams it down. You know what I mean? He's just like, sorry. And that, I don't like mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> that's when he's like, uh, I must be going, you know, or whatever. But I thought that was, that's when Van Helsing's like, hey, we're in trouble, because this yeah. guy is, is the real deal. I think um, that's, that's when he found, like, sort of, it also hits him and, like, what they're dealing with. Right, because that confirms his suspicions. And this is also vampire. This is also where you had the Helsing versus Dracula stare down. Where he's like, you know, you know too much, basically, and he's like, I'm very powerful. And you see, like, oh yeah, I like Helsing's uh, like, you know, he's starting. He's holding out his hand, right, and he's just like, yeah, Dracula, come here. (laughs) And then uh, you know, you see him kind of like he goes forward forward, like a couple of steps, and then you see, and then he stops, and then he steps back. And that's when he's like, you have a strong will. Yeah. Uh, the force is strong with this one. Um, so this is where um, you see the he shapeshifts to the wolf. Yep. And that's where you see the two maids, the maid and the servant outside or whatever, with yeah. the, shooting the shotgun at the... At the, at the <laughs> well, that, oh, that's that was later. Yeah. was later. Because they were like, <laughs> you hear the gunshot. And, and you're like, they what were is like, going what, on? What is going on? They're like, oh, there's a big bat. And uh, that's when Van Helsing's like, uh, "It'll do you no good. Bullets won't do anything." He's good. like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and then that's when he's like, "Everybody here's crazy." She's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Sometimes I even wonder about you." <laughs> right. Um, so um, this is this is when um, now Mina, um, where he has Mina out in the woods, remember, and he takes his cape. Yeah, he just goes like this. I Wraps thought that was her. yeah, fantastic. Um, That's when he. So then here comes he takes here her. comes Redfield in again, right? And they said she does it. <laughs> Redfield, they're like, oh, he's escaped again. You know, and he comes in there and he starts yeah. going off on him again. So that, he, that further almost proves the the ghoul theory, just because um, 
He's escaped multiple times. And at this point, they were like, he bent the bars like they were nothing. Yeah. Uh, so he has powers of his own, but it's lesser than a vampire because he's just a ghoul. But the fact that he keeps escaping. Um, yeah, and this is where you see, you, you finally see the lady in white. Yeah, and you just see that the, the the children laughing in like that cemetery and that guy walking by, and then you see the late Lucy, the lady, say like, "Don't you want some chocolate or something like that?" Uh, and, and the, then and then the kids like, "Yeah," and I'm like, and the, that lady, yeah, that lady in white, and she just walks through the the, the cemetery and she doesn't even really do anything. She just walks, yeah. and I'm like, "Why is this even in here?" Yeah, it it really served no purpose that. Up. Pretty much. I mean, do you uh, know why? Well, I mean, like I said, I'm trying um, to remember. Did, she she lured uh, uh, some kids in with like chocolate or something, um, and then later on they show uh, it was a newspaper or they were talking about it how some kids were kid, kids have been disappearing. Right, um, and I remember that. But... Yeah, so they actually show her lure in some kids, and she's like, "You guys want some chocolate?" And they're like, so, "Yeah," but I don't know if anything ever came of it. I, just I mean, that was it. Was... It was just showing her pulling in kids, and then later on, them revealing that she's been kidnapping kids and drinking their blood. Okay, still didn't need to be in there. <laughs> um, so then, now you have um, Mina. Mina is getting questioned with Jonathan outside. You remember? Um, there's the, they're out there telling. He's like, why won't you just tell me what's happening to you? you oh, know, yeah, why? Yeah. And she's like, oh, you can't. Oh, you know. And she goes, and then there's that scene where they're hugging, and she sees his neck, and she's like, ah. Oh. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, she's about to get down on that jugular. Is that is that after? Um, uh, she like appears okay. She's like, oh right. yeah, no, I'm doing. I've never I felt just, better. I just went for a walk. Uh, yeah, and you're uh, like, what is going? Yeah, on exactly. Here? And then that's when while he's talking, she's just staring at his neck like I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, oh. and then I think the bat's there too. Or Remember, she yeah, she starts talking to it like I will. They actually explain the looks of like that both Dracula gave and her later on. That like it, it was like a, a, a ravaged animal. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's how they explain that look. Uh, I mean, it, that was interesting. That lady did a great job too. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought she did good. Um, so that's where they're shooting at the bat, right? No, that was earlier. But uh, so that's where she's hearing voices. She's hearing Dracula say, "I will come." Yeah, and then uh, that's when Van Helsing tries to prepare, and he's like, "Make sure she falls asleep with this on her." And right. Wolf Spain, they cover the room in Wolf Spain. She's just complaining about it. She's and like, this is this is. Before I even looked at the notes, this is where I noticed that the marks weren't even on her neck because she doesn't have a scarf on. Exactly, you can't see no, no marks, marks on her neck. Higher um, healing, maybe. <laughs> so, um, let's see. You have uh, the Seward and Harker um, and Van Helsing talk, where that's where they're planning all that. And then you have uh, Renfield and Van Helsing and Dracula confrontation, um, which. Uh, uh, Renfield or Dracula tells Renfield he's like uh, I didn't tell him nothing master you know what I mean oh uh, is that on the stairs yeah well no no no, no this is at his place no no no, no there, this is where I remember when um, I think it's Dr. Seward when he hypnotizes or, or, and he falls down I remember Renfield goes over to him you know oh, he's like yeah. you can't stop him now you know she's gone whatever he was gonna say okay, yeah. and he's like I didn't tell him nothing master I didn't tell him nothing you he's know? a bat sitting there just yeah. flapping in the, in the window so um, now we'll, we might be missing a few things in here, but um, the whole reason he is here is he's overtaking Carfax Abbey in London. Yeah. Uh, his, his new home, basically. Um, 
So Mina is is being transfer transfer uh, the transformation for Mina. Um, what you know what she needs to do. So um, you have the shooting at the bat, um, and the the two people saying that they're crazy, and then Dracula opens the window. Or, uh, Dracula opens the window by hypnotizing the the maid. The maid. Right. Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> you see, you know, he takes, he assumed he's taking Mina. Yeah. And then you see Renfield going down that trail because he's escaped once again, you know, and he yeah. goes into that little side side door or whatever. And um, he's like, Master, I'm here. I did everything you said. I didn't tell him nothing. They didn't follow me. Blah, blah, blah. So, um, so what was cool about this is you see Mina, and you see Dracula walking behind her, and she's just, you know, walking. Yeah, and she gets. They get to those stairs, and he knows that he has to hurry because the sun's coming up. Yeah, and so uh, then you see Renfield coming out the stairs. Master, I'm here, and he's. Like, and then you hear Seward and Harker, and and, and he's like, Ah, oh, I swear I didn't let him follow me. Oh you yeah, know, he's like, please don't kill yeah, me. Yeah, and then you see do, you, you see Dracula just come down do the anything. stairs or whatever, and he picks him up with that one hand and he crushes his throat, drops him down the stairs, throws him down the stairs. You see him. And that's where Seward and uh, – or not Seward. Uh, Harker and Van Helsing come in. And you see him tumbling all the way down to the stairs. Yeah. And, uh, but by this, you're like, he's dead. And by this time, you see Dracula carrying Mina, and he gets to the door, and he shuts and locks that door. Yep. Uh, and you're like, what is going on? And uh, I was looking at the timer, and there's only like five minutes left in the movie. And I'm like, man, how – you know. <laughs> yeah, like, where's this well, going? Yeah. So they're banging on the door. we got to get in there. we got to get in here. And you hear Mina screaming, you know, and all that. So you get in there, and um, – Van Helsing, they split up, and um, they're looking for Mina, Mina, you know, and then they see Dracula in the coffin. Well, you don't actually ever see Dracula in the, in the coffin here. You, you just know see I mean? the coffin. And you then just see the coffin, and you see Van Helsing, open coffin, you see Van Helsing yeah. open his, and then you see him open up the other one, and he's like, Mina's not here. Yeah. He's like, I need you to find me a, a rock, rock so I can so drive the stake through his heart. heart. Yeah. And what's really crazy, man, is you don't see it, but you just hear kaboom, and you hear Dracula. Yep. Oh, you just hear a couple of thoughts like kung kung kung. Yeah, which was pretty crazy. Followed I mean, by the the scream of yeah. of Mina. So then you go and you find Mina, and um, the the heart, stake to the heart, and then Mina realizing she said, "Hey, we had to get back. It was daylight. He knew he couldn't do anything to me because daylight was coming." Yeah, and then you see uh, Harker and Mina starting walking back up the steps and it's the end and you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um there is a um sequel to this um i think it's dracula's daughter i think that's the name of it it picks up exactly where this one leaves off really i mean exactly so that's pretty cool but uh one of the quotes um i thought was pretty good it was from dracula he said for a man who has not had it, uh, has not lived a single lifetime, you are a wise Van Helsing. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, I was like, whoa, he just got in there and laid that one in there. Um, also, Bela Lugosi um, only played Dracula once more on the screen. It was in the comedy uh, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, nineteen forty-eight. However, he played Dracula-like characters in movies such as The Return of the Vampire huh. in nineteen forty-three. And although he lived for 67 years after the film was released, David Manners, who played Jonathan Harker, claimed he never watched it. Well, um, let's see here. 
Bela Lugosi was so eager to repeat his stage success and play the Count Dracula role for the film version because he was the actor in the play. Yeah. That he agreed to a contract paying him $500 per week for a seven-week shooting schedule on an insultingly small amount even during the days of the Depression. In yeah. fact, his salary was only one quarter of that of the actor playing Jonathan Harker. Oh, wow. So, Terrence, tell us your thoughts on Dracula. It was a fun movie. Um... It's been a while since I've jumped into the old, you know, black and whites. Is this your first uh, time ever seeing it? Dracula? I believe so, yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of black and white movies when I was younger. I don't remember them all. Uh, I don't think I've seen Dracula before. Uh, so, first time watching it and remembering, let's say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was it was good. If, especially if you're, if you're into... You know, supernatural monsters and stuff. This is definitely a, a must-watch. Great movie for Halloween, right? Uh, fits right in line with theme. The effects that they have, uh, you know, with lighting and stuff, um, if you're looking on the more technical side of things, I like the light work that they did, especially the sh- the when it came to... The shadows with his eyes. Yep, the, the shadow of his eyes, the, the hypnotizing gaze. Um, the no blinking. Exactly. Uh and the portrayal of you know all the characters, the Renfield was so good. Uh, and Van Helsing, oh man! Like my favorite scene is that stare down when he's trying to hypnotize him, and then Van Helsing's just staring him down and just fighting like that uh, hypnotism, and then he just you know backs up, and then you know your will is strong. Yeah, uh, so good. Um, and I enjoyed that portrayal of Van Helsing. Like I said. Uh, I've seen the more modern take on Van Helsing, who's more of like a, a hunter Mo- of Mo- the supernatural, right. right? So he's always carrying around all his. Uh, he almost Crossbows looks like a, he almost looks like a like a old like inquisitor or something like, like that. You know, dog the bounty. Hunter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, this was a very scholarly Van Helsing, um, who's just well educated in the end. because he says that he's like, I look into things that nobody else does, and then um, well, that was one of my favorite lines. Is someone's like. Uh, Oh, but but it's all fairy tales, right? And he's like, that's where their power comes from because no one believes them, right? So, yeah, I have to agree. This um, when when you think Dracula, you know, I've seen probably almost all. Like um, Leslie Nielsen did Dracula Dead and loving it. You know, in the Renfield, there he shows him eating spiders and all that. I mean, yeah, it's a comedy spoof of this movie. So if you like comedy, then you watch that. But Bela Lugosi, man, I mean, he is just. He demands attention when he's on screen. I mean, you were captivated by just oh, his yeah. look. I was captivated watching. I thought I was being hypnotized Absolutely. by Dracula. You know what I mean? And I think that's what makes him such a great horror icon. It's probably as my an actor. second favorite portrayal of Dracula. Who's going to uh, be your first? Well, uh, it's not it's an actor, but it's just in, like in general, like on screen. Um, and the second one actually being an animated uh, series, and that's Castlevania, based off the video game, um, which is an awesome game. Um, but their portrayal of Dracula uh, is just showing him throughout the ages of, like, they give that nod to where Dracula came from. So the original Dracula Was that Vlad story the came from Vlad whatever. the Impaler. So in the series, they're like, yeah, you went through that phase where you were Vlad the Impaler. And he's like, yeah, I was young. And I was just, like, I, I just I was having fun, right? Um, but then, you know, they, they then he becomes uh, Dracula. Uh, Vlad Tempest um, and then they tell that whole story which is like I said based off the game uh, very fun watch very violent uh, so if 
if you're going to watch it based off me talking about it, it's on Netflix. But yes, it's it's a hard R. It's so violent, but it's really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but well, this I is guess that my, that code it, doesn't apply to that. Huh? <laughs> but uh, the the this is my second favorite, just because of uh, it's that classic. You know, storybook portrayal of Dracula, uh, which and, I was saying very gentlemanly, but also very menacing at the same and, time. And what I really liked about it is, it was just long enough of a movie to get you in, in, uh, invested in the characters yep. without going overboard and without showing too much violence or anything. I mean, it was just good storytelling, good writing. Although there was some scenes like that lady in white thing. I don't even know. There's got to be something <laughs> out there that explains that because I was just like. This is really weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the pacing was interesting. But I, I think the, the pacing in a lot of these movies are similar just because they are trying to cram a whole story in an hour. Right. But, I mean, like like you said, like you remember the Van Helsing movie with um, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. You know, how they portrayed uh, Dracula and that and his wives or whatever, you yep. know, and, and the Frankenstein and all that in there too. So a very good movie. I suggest if you haven't started any seen any Universal Monster movies, start with this one. Yeah, because you will only appreciate other ones as you come along. And Bela Lugosi is in other Universal monsters. Uh, he's like, um, like I was talking to Terrence earlier. He is in the Wolfman, so um, you'll you'll see him. He's a little bit older. I think it's like ten years later than this movie came out, like nineteen forty two, yeah, um, which we will be covering. So, well, that wraps up our first uh, Universal monster movie of Dracula. Uh, next on the docket, we have. Frankenstein, which is just <laughs> as crazy. Hey, that looks like that's like when I'm podcasting with Terrence. That's what he looks like half the time. <laughs> White. <laughs> well, until next time, happy Halloween. And that's a wrap. And, and cut. cut.